All right, Miss Nadira, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I want to welcome you to Influencers on the Run. Okay. I will Thank say, you so much for having me. I will say that I have been I have been watching you, I think, for maybe two years now. Okay. I watch <laughs> you because uh, from Mamadou and Mustafa Briggs, they follow you and retweet your stuff. Yes. <laughs> I will say like, you know, but before I begin, let me, let me give you an introduction. So everybody, today we are speaking to Nadira P, AKA Big Body Nadi, okay? She has 80,000 plus followers on Instagram, 10,000 plus followers on Twitter, and almost to 3,000 subscribers on YouTube, you know? So definitely check out her videos on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, you know? She's a professional comedian. That means you gotta pay that ka-ching, okay, people? You know what I'm saying? You gotta pay, but it is worth it, okay? Thank you. <laughs> so uh, definitely, how is your day going so far? I know it is Friday. How's it going? Um, today is a lot. It's already a lot. Um, already so much to do. And I'm looking, I'm like, why do I have so much to do in the middle of quarantine? But it's going, it's going. So only a couple hours left and I will be free. <laughs> How about you? Uh, it's been going good. I'm currently overseas, so I'm not in America. So it's like 9, it's 9 p.m. my time. Oh, where are you? I'm in the Middle East. I can't say where, but I'm in the Middle East. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, what we do on Influencers on the Run, we talk with people who are like you, who have a different... Basically, we, we go with a following over 10,000 plus, okay? So we want to... Okay your journey to how you've come to where you are now for me of course you know i know you was funny you know what i'm saying and you're part of my community mm -hmm. i understand you know what i'm saying i got an idea of how you've come to where you came to and it's mm -hmm. you know, but for people who don't know who want to you know what i'm saying become an influencer and you know do what you do you know so the first question i want to ask you is what is the negatives of what you do or the dark side that people may not know about being a comedian or of yourself that you faced? Um, when it comes particularly to being a stand-up comedian, the kind of downside or the dark side to it is I don't want to be funny all the time. Mm. You know, like just how people feel where you don't want to go to work every day. I don't want to go to work some days, um, especially when I'm not in the best mood or out of myself, don't feel like laughing. I don't think anything is funny, but when you're booked for a show, you already bought a plane ticket. People are expecting you. Your name is on all the marketing. Um, and you've already committed to this no matter what you, I mean, of course, given that it's not that big of an emergency, you have to show up, you have to show out, you have to do your job. Now, in particular with um, social media, the downside for me is also, it also kind of helps me do my job better, but the sense of over-familiarity that mm -hmm. people have with me with engaging with my content and feeling like we're friends, like feeling like we're connected, feel like we know each other, which 
it's a plus side because I'm kind of intentional with that because it helps me get my message across easier. But it's a downside because I have people who are like, oh, girl, like, you know, we can hang out and da da da. And I'm like, you're a stranger. We can't do that. <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of a downside. Okay. I, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting that answer. I really wasn't expecting that answer. But okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel you. And all right. I like that. It, that's, that's, um, that's something I wasn't expecting, but that's deep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to social media in general. Okay. I first heard of you on Twitter. Okay. Cause you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be in the Twitter side, you know, so I think Twitter is for particular people, but let's, so let's talk about all the platforms you are on and then let's talk about, let's go from your least favorite to your favorite and why. Um, I think my least favorite is I'm only on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My least favorite is Twitter. Oh, really? Um, okay. Because, okay. yeah. And it, it's, I tweeted something actually where I was like, these tweets are public, but I'm talking to myself. Mm. So sometimes I just want to get on there and I just want to talk to myself. And then people are like engaging and I'm like, shut up. I'm not talking to you. Um, it's also my least favorite because people have found me on there. Like, having i'm already have all these followers on instagram i already had all these followers on facebook um i wanted to keep one like just to me like just myself and if i if i would have known back in the day i wouldn't have had no pictures of myself like not my name nothing but it's too late now so it's like everybody's finding me and they're bringing kind of like that fandom energy to twitter and i'm like damn can i can it just be me for a second <laughs> can i just talk to myself um after that is Facebook. Facebook because I kind of d- d- don't like it because my audience on there is older. Mm. So I'm getting like these paragraph long reactions to what I say or what I do. And I'm like, auntie, shut it up. <laughs> Keep it quiet. I didn't, I didn't ask you, sweetheart. And mm. I think my most, my most favorite is Instagram. Okay. My most okay. favorite. Okay. But I find that funny because I mean, I, and I understand what you're saying about Twitter. Okay. Cause like I take Twitter to a different level, you know what I'm saying? And I've lost a lot of people on Twitter. So I understand where you're coming from keeping it personal, but I, I would have thought that Twitter would be your favorite, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, given the background of what you said, I can understand what you're, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Which one has benefited you the most though? Which platform has benefited you the most? Mm. Well, honestly, undoubtedly, I would say Instagram. Okay. And why? Instagram, yeah. Um, from a... Well, there's two sides to that. From a, a business perspective, Instagram has benefited me the most. But from a kind of like... I don't even know if that's a thing. Personal development perspective, quote-unquote... Okay. I would say Twitter. Okay. Okay. And what about YouTube? Yeah. What about YouTube? What about YouTube? What's your thoughts on the YouTube? Because do you, I mean, also, would you consider YouTube social media? Mm, honestly, I don't. 
normally I don't think of YouTube as a social media only because it's like, or maybe I'm just the only one that's just not interacting with people on there. Mm. I feel like YouTube, you just put it out and then people just take it in. Like I've never been the type to comment on people's YouTube videos. And I only just recently found out that people like the YouTubers reply to people's comments. So I was like, dad, maybe I should have been doing that, but I don't No, I don't really consider that social media. Okay. I will say though, like what I like about your YouTube videos, I mean, one, they're hilarious. Those Minder, uh, she, she did some dating apps, you know what I'm saying? Reviews. And I think your reviews are very special. Cause like some people just do reviews of, of their one-time experience. You went from like a five day experience, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I literally sat down, watched it all. Yeah. I was dying. My brother can't bother me. I was like, bro, need to you know what i'm saying this this is you know this is but i like that how your videos are not like they say that it's gotta be like a three minute or two minute but your videos are actually like longer videos you know what i'm saying and so i was like yeah. I, really, I really appreciate Thank it you. You know what i'm saying uh let's talk about uh what's the next topic let's talk about content okay now what do you feel is the best content to create for each social media um platform for you so let's start with twitter Okay. Do you, are you just, do you like, okay, for that, for that platform, do you just, you know, just type stuff up or, you know, I see you use GIFs. What's your, again, idea when it comes to Twitter and content? Nothing at all. Okay. Uh, I'm intentionally creating absolutely no content for Twitter. That's really just what I wanted to say. That's it. Again, okay. because it was never meant. <laughs> like, I never wanted 10K followers on Twitter. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Now, I did see an Instagram post where you said it was like a picture of a woman. She got a glass up and she's like, yo, I'm working on the content for August. Okay. I saw that. Okay. So yes. let's talk about creating the content, creating content. And how do you go about creating content? You know what I'm saying? Um, I would like to say, and I'm, I'm really working so hard to get into a space where I can say that I am always and consistently creating content to put out, but I'm not. Um, when, I, when I get the itch, I scratch it. So when you see those times where I'm putting out two, three, four videos a week, where I'm dropping memes, where I'm doing stories, where I'm having... YouTube videos and all that, that's, that's a good time. That's a high time. Um, but, you know, as of recently, I've been on, ooh, it's been months of a, of a hiatus that I've taken because I just haven't been feeling very creative. I haven't had much inspiration. I haven't just, you know, I just haven't been there. And I'm the type of person where I can go back and I can recall videos where I was forcing it for the sake of content. Mm. And my followers loved it. Like they loved it. Like, Oh my God, this is hilarious. And I'm watching it back and I'm like, Oh, cringe. This is, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, so when it happens, it happens when it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but I, I'm sure that when I'm there, when I'm in that space, that I'm putting it out as much as I can, I'm putting all of it out. I'm giving, I'm giving my all because, and people are like, Oh my God, we love this consistency. I'm like, girl, it's about to stop. So <laughs> save these videos because <laughs> it's about to be done <laughs> what's been some of the best content you've worked on some of the best 
in my personal opinion, um, the YouTube videos, as well as the memes. Yes, you got some bad memes. Yeah, that was my favorite. Like, sometimes I go back to the memes, I'm like, oh, I'm a genius. <laughs> that future meme, that, that one which, when you're like, you know what I'm saying, I need that 129, that, that's oh, a, yeah. a hard meme. That's hard. Hard. Thank you, thank you. Um, but even even with the YouTube videos, and don't get me wrong, it definitely is difficult. Like getting into editing was very difficult, but it's something where it's like, I go back now and I watch it as a beginner, and I'm like, damn, like that's pretty amazing. Like, look at that transition. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I think those are those are definitely my top two. I would say the Instagram videos, but. You know, alhamdulillah, like those are so effortless that I don't really consider it to be work because it's like, it's just in the moment and it's only 60 seconds. So for me, it's not like, it's not like work, but definitely the YouTube videos and the memes. So let's, um, how do you go about, so for example, let's talk about the, the YouTube content. Okay. Since, you know, you said let's and as a beginner so what did you do like and what did you start using like are you going with a camera what software are you using to take us to that point of making your first video to to the latest video you have out and like the process of making that um, so i definitely did want to invest into a camera because i was like i'm not about to record on my phone like i'm always on my phone it's just not about to happen like i was like if i depend on my phone i'm i'm never gonna make youtube so I went and I was like, I'm not going to buy a new one because <laughs> poverty. So I was like, I'm going to get a used one. Um, so I watched hours of footage on the best camera, best vlogging camera. I was talking to um, other vloggers, other videographers, photographers, things like that. And I decided to get a Canon G7X. I think I have the Mark II. Um, and the first place I went to, I went to Facebook Marketplace. I went to Let Go. And then I went to Craigslist. I ended up finding uh, a bundle package, meaning it comes with the camera. It comes with like, I think I have like three or four tripods, two memory cards, two batteries, lights, a mic, everything. And usually I think that bundle is $800 and I got somebody to sell it to me for $400. Facts, yo. Um, that's, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. I see you, I see you on the Canon. That's what I tell people. When you get into content, of course, if you got the money, spend it. Like, if you can afford high-quality software and all that, do that. But if you can't, you can make some amazing content with discounted used stuff. Um, so, alhamdulillah, I found a used camera. I already had a Mac, so that was a blessing. I don't know what it's like to edit on a non-Mac. Me neither. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> Which, thank God, because honestly, I have no idea how to use, I call them uh, Android laptops. <laughs> I have no idea how to use them. Like, <laughs> my Mac has been my greatest investment. Um, so yeah, I already had a Mac, so I, I was just using iMovie. And I still use iMovie uh, from the first video to the latest video. Final Cut Pro is definitely going to be an investment, but... It's not so much as the investment as I know the time that I'm going to have to put into actually learning it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. 
that's that's what I did, and that's what I'm sticking to until I decide something else. Got you, got you. I definitely know those iMovie days. I definitely, for sure, know those iMovie days. Those were some real days, you know, real content making. But Final Cut Pro, right. you will def- when you get to Final Cut Pro, you'll be like, oh, thank God. You know what I'm saying? Trust me, when, really? you, get there, you, when you get there, because it's much... It's it's much more simpler. It's done. It's easier. You know what I'm saying? Like Final Cut. I mean, iMovie definitely. If you are starting out, for everybody, I think it's definitely a good way, good place to start. I mean, it's free. You can do a lot, and they have improved it. I haven't used, but I know they have improved it a lot since the beginning when I was using it. So definitely Final mm-hmm. Cut Pro. You'll definitely love it. And what is your yeah. system of posting? Okay, do you have a system of where you say, okay, I'm gonna post on this day. I'm not gonna post on this day, or you know, is it all? You know. No, it's it's all. The only times that I do that is if I'm working with a brand, like I created content for a brand. Other than that, all of my posting is just about spur of the moment. Got you. Got you. Um, also, this this yeah. is. This is on another category as well on t- looking at your, your data. How do you look at your data on each platforms? Statistics, talking about statistics. I'm very... <laughs> it sounds so bad now that I have to actually say it, but I very rarely do because curating this social media space was never my intention Mm. because this was never something that I even thought was possible. Even still to this day, I have that same mindset of what is meant to come to me will come to me. So the followers will come, the likes will come, the engagement will come. So I don't know. And it's sad because I feel like I should care. Like, I feel like, you know, when I'm, I'm watching videos and people are like, yeah, you know, the engagement of this, of that, and this and that. And I was like, damn, I don't care. Like, <laughs> whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I, I like that. I like that mindset. You know what I'm saying? That, that's a very interesting. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, there are a lot of people who are like you who are like, yo, what's coming? It's coming. Okay. Even though you say you don't care too much about it, we're going to talk about it a little bit because we've been doing the research on our side. Okay. So. Okay. Now, looking at your, looking at your, let's say your Instagram. Okay, one second. Mm-hmm. Where we'll see where we hold up. Pull it up right now. So, right now you're you on that one second. You're right now you on that eighty k. Okay, you're on that eighty k followers mm-hmm. on Instagram, and it says here you have a seven point six four engagement rating. So basically, seven percent of your followers engage with you. Okay. On mm-hmm. average, you for a post that you get, it gets about 5,900 likes and you get about 250 comments. Okay. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about engagement on Instagram with having a high follower, like 80K followers, and that level of engagement? What do you think about that? I don't care. it's so bad to say but now talk that talk let them know say hey i'm not i'm not there it it honestly doesn't it would make me feel some type of way if i knew that i was putting out content all the time Mm. and then people were dubbing but i know that i've been on a hiatus i know that instagram is not 
you know, putting my stuff at the top because I'm posting like once a month or something like that. Um, and I know that when I post more, I have high engagement. I have a lot of uh, new followers. I have a lot of comments, different things like that. Um, but it, it, it honestly, it doesn't bother me. Should it? Like, I d- hey, I it's yours. It's yours. So, hey, the way you're going about it, so I hear you, sister. I hear you. All right, let's go to our next segment. Our next segment is called Social Media Reports and Studies. So, we tell you some different titles and headlines and we get your opinion. Okay. So, this one is called Undress or Fail Instagram's algorithm strong arms users into showing skin. Okay. What do you think about that? It's basically saying that if you show skin, you get more engagement, you get more followers, and you get more promotion through Instagram's algorithm. I'm not surprised. Um, that's kind of disgusting, though. That's, that's very disgusting. But I'm not surprised because even... Um, you know how your explore page is curated to things that you look at. So I do like to look at, um, like I like to stay up under hijabi fashion. I like to know what y'all doing, what y'all into. And even with that, there will be like swimsuit models on my explore page still who are practically like butt naked. And I'm like, okay, I've never looked at swimsuits. Like I'm not what I'm wearing. Come on, Instagram, you know me. Um, <laughs> So that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't, it's very telling in how the explore page is working right now. That does not surprise me. Now that's an interesting question. Okay. Cause like, I feel that my explore page is, you know, live to me cause I know, so, but I feel like there's one, let's say thing that, that I look at that's a vice. But from that one thing I look at, I feel like Instagram has like, since I'm black, they just want to show this, all this one side to me. Okay. Now, do you feel that the Explorer page is accurate for you? Um, somewhat, yes. I feel like Instagram, what they're doing right now, is they'll show me, like, for the first swipe, that's all me. Like, okay, ASMR, hijabi fashion, funny videos, that's all me. Now, when I swipe again... I'm like, all right, now y'all just, y'all had to throw, you know, you had to throw something in there because then it would be like videos of like dogs. Like I said, the swimsuit uh, girls and all this other stuff. I'm like, okay, (laughs) what is this? They'll throw like um, controversial things in there. Like I will see white supremacist things and I'm like, I don't look at the, what? Like, huh? So somewhat, but they also can get a little crazy at times. Okay. Okay. All right. This next one. What do you think about the social media censoring in this day and age? Okay. And when I say that, I'd say that from two different uh, perspectives. For example, mm-hmm. um, we have like nowadays you see with the, you know, the pandemic and the coronavirus stuff, anything natural remedies, they want to censor it. Okay everything like they like before you know of course as we're both american we know that we allegedly live in a country of so-called freedom of speech but you see instagram 
Facebook and these social media platforms going in and censoring different things and saying it's not, not right. What do you think about that as someone, as, as an influencer? Or just an everyday person? Um, I think it's social media has kind of remained the same thing that all media has been. For example, back in the day, they didn't have social media, but they had newspapers where, just like on social media, their lives, in the newspaper, they were lives. And in response to that, they had to come out with their own media using things like, um, a great example is Muhammad Speaks, you know, the newspaper of the Nation of Islam. Um, so I think it's the same thing with social media. We have all the lies, and then you have people who are curating spaces within that realm to tell the truth. Um, and I think it's, it's not gonna stop. Whatever the, well, it's gonna sound very childish, but whatever the, the evil people of this world can use to push their agenda, they will. So I'm not surprised that Facebook is censoring black things, but allowing white supremacists to keep their accounts, but closing other people's accounts and taking down comments, but leaving this up. That doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. That doesn't surprise me, not even the slightest bit. Mm. And okay, this next one is the fake it till you make it theory, okay? We see a lot of people on social media faking the lifestyle. What are your thoughts on this approach? Um, I feel like that's labor. Like you're, you're unnecessarily putting yourself through all of this mental and emotional and physical labor that's going to eventually lead to burnout and you're still not going to have anything that was fruitful. And it's, and it's really twice the work because you have to put in the actual work to scrape up the little bit that you can and then you have to act like you're not putting in any work, which is work <laughs> so i don't know I, I think it's 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 unnecessary and sometimes you just have to make peace with the realness of who you are mm. and i think especially being in the influencer realm of social media realize that it's a very slippery slope and you cannot allow yourself to get caught up because once you go down that slippery slope it's hard to get off it's like trying to go on a water slide in the middle of it. You're like, mm, I want to get off. Like, you kind of can't. <laughs> it's just, you got to take it all the way through. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And what do you feel about the Instagram algorithm? And like, okay, like what is your, under, what, do you, what do you think the Instagram algorithm means and how do you feel about it? Um... I'm not even gonna lie to you because I, the only thing that it is for me personally is that it's annoying. Like I'm looking at the same five people every time I get on here. And it's like, I only follow a small amount of people anyway, but a lot of the people that I follow are like my real friends, my real family. And I'm missing so many things because the algorithm is so messed up and it's showing, it's constantly showing me like 
the five to 10 influencers I follow. And it's like so many other things that I'm missing. Um, so that's annoying. But because like I said, I don't really care about my personal. I don't even really research the algorithm. Yeah, that, no, I, definitely. I understand what you're saying. But like that first part of what you said, that's what I want to like hear about like that part. Like how do you feel it, it is in terms of how you deal with social media? You know what I'm saying? But like, mm. um, okay, just repeat the question again. So I could. So the same thing, the yeah, the same thing that you were saying is like, so how does the algorithm feel, like, how do you feel about the algorithm when you use social media as like, you know, not for creating content, when you just, you know, as you said, like when you're just using it, when you go on, log on, say, okay, let me see what people are doing and it only showed me five people. Like, what do you like? How do you feel about the algorithm? Well, you kind of answered. You kind of answered it. You know what I'm saying? You kind of answered it. That's what it really is. It's just super agitating, mm-hmm. and it's it's extremely unnecessary. Like, just put it back to the old way, and just let me see some other people for heaven's sake. It's okay. it's definitely super annoying, and it definitely it definitely pushed me more. Like, that's what really pushed me towards using Twitter in the first place, because. I'm going on Instagram and I keep seeing this, keep seeing this. I'm like, okay, I'm tired. And, you know, whereas with Twitter, you can scroll for five minutes and see like 20,000 different things. So. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I do know. I do know. Twitter crazy. <laughs> Twitter crazy. All right. What's your thoughts? Okay. The age of misinformation. Okay. How do you, how do you deal with it? As someone mm-hmm. who, like misinformation, like how do you deal with misinformation on social media? Um, I'm definitely a delete the tweet type of person. So if I retweet something and then come to find out later, it's a lie. I'll just go and delete it. Like, (laughs) I don't care about being wrong. I don't care about, you know, changing my opinion, but I definitely do think that Twitter has given this false narrative of, Oh, because it's an entire thread, it must be the truth. Mm. And it's like, no, that can that can be a lie too. Um, so I definitely do think you have to get out of that mindset that because it's here, because somebody solidified it with a thread or a picture or a video, or a tweet, or because other people are under it agreeing that it's the truth, um, it definitely gets you into doing more research. And not so lazy with social media. Because I think retweeting, like, that's the laziest thing we can do, yet it has, like, such a grandiose impact. You know what I mean? Like, one person who has a lot of followers can retweet something. Next thing you know, that tweet is viral. Um, and it could be a lie. Like you said, it could, it could be misinformation. So I definitely think I've, this year especially, I've gotten more into doing actual research. And kind of just getting to a place where I'm like, I'm not going to engage with this because I don't know enough. Because I think there's a lot of pressure on Twitter, especially to say something about this or retweet this or why you ain't like it or da 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 and da da da. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. Or sometimes I don't care. <laughs> Next, I'm here for the memes. <laughs> so let's <laughs> talk. Let's that talk. That. talk that talk. <laughs> Got you. Uh, oh, yes. And your thoughts on cancel culture. I wish it were 
more real. Oh. Like I really want to, I really want to legit delete some people. Um, and people like to say, oh, cancel culture this, cancel culture that. Who has it effectively really affected? Because you can say that we canceled somebody on Twitter, but their career is still booming. They're still doing everything. They're still outside. They're still thriving. People are still supporting them. So I wish it were more effective. I wish it were more legit. Got you. Especially on Muslim Twitter. <laughs> Especially. 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 Oh my God. When I tell you Keep this on the record. I don't care. Muslim Twitter, some parts of Muslim Twitter should be considered a terrorist organization. Whoa. Whoa. Talk that talk. She said for the record. And it's to the point where a lot of times I'm like, I really don't want to engage. But most of the time I'm like, this level of misinformation is so dangerous. I have to let people know that this is trash. Like, I have to trash you. And I may not even necessarily want to. And it's some, t- it's some days where I'm like, I really don't have time. But the fact of the matter is, you're really playing in Allah's face. And we're not about to let that slide. When it comes to anything addressing Black Muslims or Muslim women especially, you're getting clapped. That's it. Mm-mm-mm. Talk that talk. Talk that talk. Oh, toxic. All right. Our next segment is making money from social media. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I I don't mean to uh, pocket check, you know what I'm saying? That's not the intention, but we just want to know, you know what I'm saying? What's the sister sister doing out here in these streets? You know what I'm saying? So have you made money from social media? And if so, from which platform has, have, how, which platform have you made money from? Um, I have made money from both Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Okay. Okay. Let's go. If you're categorizing that as a social media, because I'm not, but for the sake of the show from YouTube as well. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk, let's go for from the one you've made the least amount of money from and like, how, how did it come about? Um, I have made the least amount of money probably from YouTube because I have not posted in a while. Um, and you said, how did it come about? Yeah, it's like, so from YouTube, I'm getting, I'm guessing that's from monetization. That's how you made the money from monetization, correct? Yes. So when you post a video, um, if you allow the video to be monetized meaning that you allow them to show within your video you get your monetization goes up so you make more money so every time somebody watched the video you make uh i forget what the the actual amount is but you make a certain amount of money based on how many people view it how many people view the ads and how many of ads that you will put on YouTube, even though 
Got you. We hear. A little, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. A little bit of uh, internet connection, you know what I'm saying? But it's all good. It's all good. Continue. Okay. Yeah, so uh, people have still been watching, so I've made a little bit of money, but because I'm fairly new, I haven't made as much money as I have on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, so let's talk about Facebook next. How, how, have, you, how have you made money on Facebook? Um, creating content for people and posting it on my social media as promo. Okay. So somebody will have a product, they'll have a business, they'll contact me about either trying out the product and posting a review of it or uh, simply just posting the product. Got you. And on Instagram, let's talk about that Instagram money, that Instagram money. Same thing? On Instagram, it's the same thing. But also, um, the other source of income that comes from that is people watching my content on Instagram and Facebook and actually uh, paying me to come do an actual show. Okay. Okay. So that's good. Now, before we get into you doing your actual show stuff, how did you go about, you know, you, do, how, did you create a rate? You know what I'm saying? Because I, I remember I did see your post when you were like, yo, you need to pay up the ka-ching. Don't tell me, you know what I'm saying? It's exposure. Don't tell me this and that, you know what I'm saying? So like every, I've got, as an artist, I've gone to that too. So I, I understand that can be where you're coming from. But when it comes to that social media money and those product reviews and different things, did you go and say, okay, this is my rate? Did you create a rate for that? Or how did you go about that? Um, at first I was doing it for free because I'm not going to lie. At first I didn't know that people were getting paid to do this. Um, but as my followers continue to grow, I think I didn't actually create a rate until somebody messaged me and asked me what my rate was. And I was like, you want to like pay me money? <laughs> so after that, um, to kind of figure out what a rate should be. I did consult with some other influencers as well as did some Google research. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. That's standard. That's standard. And so just for people who are listening and who want to pay you, how should they reach out to you to, you know, to, you know, talk about that, you know, business. What's the best way just so listeners know. It's in my bio. I try to put it everywhere. Please email me. I get, hundreds of thousands of dms on instagram all the time dms are going to get lost to the point where now i'm sorry but i don't i don't really check them i try to respond as much as i can but it's very overwhelming but if you email me i will get back to you i promise she it's does email. she does get back to you it may take some time but she does get back to you she got back to me in a week people you know what I'm saying? It, it does. And she was, and I, when I got the email, I was like, yes, so we got the email. <laughs> she does get back to you. She does get back to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's, so have you started selling your own products yet on Instagram, on social media or in time? In time, inshallah, I've, uh, I've just come to terms with something that they, that I may be interested in doing. So, We'll see. Got we'll you. See. Got you. Um, and do your gigs, let's talk about your gigs coming, like, you know, your gigs as a comedian coming from social media. Have you gotten gigs from social media? People said, hey, I want to book you for this and come out here and do this. Let's talk about that. 
Absolutely. The first show um, that I ever did, which was a little over two years ago, um, it was a sister who was watching my content. And this is still when I was kind of like fairly new to the, even the social media, excuse me, sphere of uh, comedy. Um, but I would say after that, it was either people who saw me on social media, people who knew somebody else that saw me on social media, or I was at a social media, booked the gig, and somebody saw me, and they wanted to book me. <laughs> so that's, that's how kind of majority of my gigs have come. Got you, got you. And so like, now this goes into our, this goes into kind of into our next segment, okay? So mastering your niche and mastering your field, okay? Um, how have you done that? You know what I'm saying? As a comedian, you know, what has been some of the ways that you said, okay, I need to do this to improve my stuff. You know, what do you do? And who are your influences as a comedian? That's the even bigger question, but let's go for the first one. Um, for the first one, to be clear, I don't feel in any way that I have mastered it. I'm, I'm very new to it. Um, but I think I have worked um, I have been very active in mastering it. And the number one thing I would say, which might be the most difficult thing, but honestly, get a mentor. Get a mentor. Uh, definitely have somebody that you feel, or somebody that is better than you. Somebody that's been at it longer than you. Somebody that's kind of been through that, you know, the whole field and walked their own path before. Um, so that was the first thing and I'm, that's that's helped a lot uh first person that i ever really took on as a mentor is moses the comic okay. um, and he's helped so much with uh giving me content advice telling me how much i should charge telling me where the business at even you know so much as inviting me to do gigs um so number one is get a mentor number two is i think research because i think in, in a field like comedy people just think it's oh if you got it you got it if you don't you don't now don't get me wrong some people are very naturally gifted but i think even if you have a gift improving on it is going to take research it's going to take learning so for me personally i watch a lot of comedy i take in a lot of comedy i look into comedy writing um and i always take advice i always record my own shows and I always listen to them back. Um, so I think properly doing research and being open to learning. And another thing, which is so hard as a person who is stricken with anxiety, uh, realizing that failing is gonna happen. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. You are going to fail. You are going to have a bad show. There are going to be people there that are going to see it. They might tell other people, and that's okay. <laughs> Realize that, come to peace with that, and then move on from that. But I think those are those are definitely my top my top three things. Got you. Who are some of your comedian influences that you you know what I'm saying? Um even though I do clean Muslimic comedy, number one, number one, number one. Monique has, I love her. Like, I love her. She is amazing. Um, 
And she's been amazing since I was a child. And even before I knew that I was going to get into comedy, I've always admired her as a businesswoman, as a woman who has perfected her craft and has only gotten better and better as the years have improved. And as a, as a, a confident woman, as a Black woman, as a dark-skinned woman, who just came out and was like, that's what it is. I'm putting it on the table. Do with it what you will. But I'm gifted. Um, so Monique, uh, S'more, um, as of recently, I love her. I love her. And some people talk about Muslim comedians. I feel like, how do you not know her? Zainab Johnson. Um, I've recently gotten into, and I love her. She's so sweet. Trevina Springer. Um, of course, Omar Regan, Preacher Moss, Moses the Comic. Um, when it comes to male comedians, Dave Chappelle, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, and a lot of the other comedians, I'm kind of just getting into their work. Like I'm, I'm kind of just feeling them out and seeing what they're into, but also, uh, a non-black one, Ali Wong. She okay. is hilarious. She is hilarious. I'm going to keep my comments to myself on that one. You don't think she's funny? I'm just not her audience. Okay. I respect that. I respect I say that. that I'm not because her. honestly, with uh, when it comes to non-black comedians, you really got to put that work in to get me to laugh. Because there's a, a very big difference between black comedy and everything else. True. Um, but I, I do find her interesting. I do find her entertaining. True, true. Yeah, no doubt. I just said she's not my audience. You know what I'm saying? I just said not my audience. I, 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 I just say, you know, because like I've watched her stuff on Netflix. I've only seen her stuff on Netflix, so I haven't seen anything else. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say. You know, okay. When I see on Netflix, I just got to say that I'm not in the, I'm not an audience. I'm not saying she's not funny. It's just, it's not for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not the audience. I understand that. Yeah, you just, that's just not your thing. Yeah. I think also that's a political answer. You know what I'm saying? That's a political answer. <laughs> All right. I got you, I got you. Um, so now as we come to our conclusion, okay, what do you feel is the future of social media? Um, wow. I can honestly say that we're social media is right now. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. Um, again, I'm, I'm only talking from the perspective of who I follow, what I engage in, what I'm to do, and what other people are doing that I'm watching. Um, but as for the future, I could only hope that it'll get safer. It'll, it'll become a much safer space where white supremacists, Trump supporters, and just the extremists of Muslim Twitter will be deleted <laughs> and blocked from ever having a social media again. But as for the future, I, I think, um, I think it's going places. I think it's going places, but I just hope that it's going to a much safer space. But as far as content, creativity, entertainment, innovation, I love it. I love it. And I, I can only hope that it'll get better. Got you. And so what's your plan after this 
this interview in terms of content and creating for social media. What's the next? What's the next step for Miss Big Body Nadi? I promised content in August, and we're already halfway through it. I think it says what the twentieth, twenty first. So we only have nine days left, and I'm I fully intend to deliver on that. I'm actually shooting a YouTube video today. Um, I'm going to try to do three to four videos this weekend. That's, that's the goal. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I have some, I already have some memes in mind. I already have some videos in mind. I already have some much bigger things that I'm trying to do that are going to take up a lot more time. But in these last nine days, in this last week, I fully intend to deliver on my promises. Got you. Got you. Uh, who would you um, recommend that's also an influencer that you may know personally that has more than 10,000 followers that we should interview next or have a conversation we like to say with next? Oh, I think he has more than 10,000 followers. Um, and I just thought of him because I actually just ordered one of his prints. I don't know if you know about uh, the photographer. His name is Bobby Rogers. I heard about him now, thanks to you. Yes, he's black. He's also a, a Muslimic. He is from Minnesota. Okay. Okay. But I have not heard a lot of interviews with him, so that would be interesting. Got you, got you. I think it would be interesting. All right. Uh, I'd like, we'd like to thank the listeners for making it this far. You know what I'm saying? Much appreciated, you know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely, you need to go and you need to follow Miss MissNadira.p on all social media platforms. Maybe not Twitter. She'd like to keep it personal there, but she is hilarious, okay? And engage with her. Let her comment. Let her know that you came from Influencers on the Run. And those of you who want to book her, and after this interview that you just seen, her price just went up. So have that Kachang ready. Have that Kachang ready. And for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast, if you do want to listen to the full video and take the full video definitely send us an email for our subscription service and we thank you miss nadira for coming up here and thank seeing you. us you know what I'm saying live thank you guys very 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 much